You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. And floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by to help you with your home improvement project. So help yourself first. Pick up the phone and give us a call. 1 888 Money Pit 888 666 3974. Coming up this hour on the Money Pit with the warm weather just ahead. Have you ever thought to yourself, wow, I wish I had a deck? Maybe until you price one and say, wow, I can't afford a deck. Well, we're going to have some money-saving deck tips and tell you how to make sure your deck investment pays off coming up. And also ahead this hour, just in time for spring and in honor of the upcoming Earth Day celebrations, we're going to have a few tips on how to recycle those items that you really don't know what to do with, like packing peanuts and even old eyeglasses. You should not be tossing them in the trash. We're going to tell you a better way to get rid of them. And did you know one of the dirtiest places in your house is your shower? Well, we're going to tell you one way that you can have a sparkly clean shower with practically no effort whatsoever. And once you've got that shower sparkly clean, why not power up your shower with a new Riata shower head from Waterpick? We're giving one away to a caller this hour, and it's worth 60 bucks. That Riata shower head from Waterpick is going to go out to one caller drawn at random. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Next up, we've got Kenneth on the line to the Money Pit, who's got a flooring question. How can we help you today? Hi. Well, I was going to ask you about how do you fix squeaky floors on the second floor of a house that has rugs without ripping up the rugs? There's a couple of things that you can do. First of all, you need to understand what causes the squeak. And generally, it's movement between the subfloor and the floor joist underneath. Right. So to try to reduce the squeak or eliminate it, you know, you mentioned that you've got rugs, you don't want to take them up. I just want to tell you that, of course, the surefire way to stop these squeaks is to pull the rugs up and then to screw the subfloor to the floor joist using long, hardened steel screws, which you drive in with a drill. You don't want to do that. So I'm going to tell you a little trick of the trade on how you can fix some of the worst ones without doing that. And that is to locate the floor joists underneath the carpet. Now, you need to do that kind of by trial or an error. You can do that by tapping on the floor. You can do that with a stud finder. There's a whole new line of Stanley stud sensors that work really well, and they'll penetrate through the carpet. You need to find that beam. Once you find the beam, then what you do is you get yourself some 12-penny galvanized finish nails. And I say galvanized, and, and hot dip galvanized is the best. Those are the ones that are really sort of crusty on the outside. And you find that spot, and you drive the nail straight through the carpet. Don't let your wife see you do this, okay, because she'll get upset with you. Straight through the carpet, and then with a nail set, you punch that head right through the carpet. When you finish driving with the hammer, it looks like the carpet's dimpled. 
But if you take a nail set, you'll punch it through the, the surface of the carpet and sort of pull the carpet back up and rub it with your hands a couple of times and it'll, it'll disappear. That divot will disappear. What you're doing is you're securing that floor right above, uh, right through the carpet without pulling the carpet up. Now, I wouldn't want you to do this to the whole house, but I've fixed this in lots of houses using two or three strategically driven nails. And I find if you drive it at a slight angle, it works better because the nail holds better. Okay, well, I noticed they had on the old this old house the other day on TV, they showed you how to do it with the rugs before I called you, and they use this O'Berry Enterprising Kit, which is a drill bit that's only got three threads on it that you drill down until you find your stud. Then they have a, a 50 screws with little socket heads on them, and you drill those down into the beam, and then you have a little tool that breaks the head off. And it's ingenious. The only thing is is that... I can't find the beams. <laughs> yeah, you need a stud sensor, so that would be a worthwhile investment of a few dollars. I mean, those stud sensors are, you know, 10 to 20 $25 for a real good one. I will, and I thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Judy in Iowa, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I'm in a house that my father built back in 1990. Okay. And while they lived there, they experienced black spots coming through on the um, drywall. Okay. And... They called in a painter, a painter came in, he went over everything with kills first and painted it. Well, since then, they both passed away, and so I purchased the house. Right. I had a friend take a look up in the attic, and he told me, oh, I can't believe that your father wrapped all this in plastic. Your house can't breathe. We need to get up here and slice this plastic, let the house breathe, and you won't get any more of these black spots. So does he think the black spots are mold? I don't know. It's and what room were you seeing it in? Very different room. Yeah. Okay. It's almost like it's the nail heads are getting wet or something. Okay, so up in the attic, let's talk about that area. You say he wrapped it in plastic. What exactly are you seeing? Well, I didn't. I haven't been up there. <laughs> I, oh, okay, uh, your my, friend saw my it. My neighbor went up. All right, well, look, when it comes to vapor barrier, here's the rule. The vapor barrier goes towards the heated side of the house. So a common mistake, for example, up in attics is to put the insulation in backwards where they have the vapor barrier sort of facing up as you're in the attic looking down. And the solution to that is to cut the vapor barrier. I've seen that in crawl space too, where they put the vapor barrier because it has the nailing flange on it, a nailing tab on it uh, at the edge of the beams, and that's on the wrong side. So as long as the vapor barrier is between the ceiling uh, and the insulation, it's done correctly. If not, then yes, you can go up and slice the vapor barrier and let it breathe more. The other thing to do is to make sure that your attic has adic- adequate ventilation. And the best ventilation is a continuous ridge vent, which goes down the peak of the roof, matched with soffit vents at the overhang. Okay, that's what I needed to know. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-888 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, adding a deck to your home can be a great investment, especially if you choose materials wisely. We're going to have tips to help you do just that next. Uh, I'll take a ways to lose money with thousand. This phrase for a house that keeps needing costly repairs is also the name of a home improvement radio show. Alex. What is a money pit? Good. The Money Pit is presented by Arrow Sheds, the leader in steel storage sheds and buildings. Steel sheds are durable, secure, and a great value. 
Aero Storage Products, available at National Home Centers, Hardware Stores, and online. See a complete line of products at Sheds.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. We are here to help you with your home improvement questions. And one caller that we draw at random from those that reach us for today's program is going to win a new handheld water pick Riata showerhead. You can install it yourself and you can choose between 14 settings from strong to gentle. Check it out at waterpick.com. It's worth 60 bucks. Going out to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question. So pick up the phone and call us 888-666-3974. Next up, we've got Roger in Alaska who's got a super loud heater. And I guess in Alaska, your heat is on a lot. So you want it to be kind of quiet. <laughs> Welcome, Roger. We, we bought a bed and breakfast up here and uh, we're not using it as a bed and breakfast. We're just living in it. Okay. And one of, the, one of the last things that was done to it was they replace this old 77% efficient furnace with a brand-new cutting-edge 97%er. Um, and we did a bunch of insulation work on it and everything after that, too. But one thing we notice is the vents. I mean, when that thing, it's like it's a variable stage, and right. the vents seem to roar sometimes when, uh, when it gets to blowing warm air. So we haven't heard it kick on, I think, full power. I mean, and maybe that's it. We're just starting to hear it. And I'm wondering, can, can we're probably going to have to contact the HVAC guys, but is there anything that can be done or maybe open the, uh, the ends of, I mean, replace the floor grates with something that's wider apertures or something? It just sounds like there's a lot of noise coming out of it. The one question I would have is, did they change the blower speed? Because if the blower speed is uh, higher than it was before, and it might be necessary by, depending on the type of the of uh, high-efficiency furnace that was installed, but the blower speed was stepped up, that could make for louder uh, air noises going through the duct system. And second to that, it is possible to uh, do a few things to quiet the duct systems if they're uh, expanding and contracting and sort of making that oil can popping sound. They can be reinforced to slow that down. They can also be insulated, uh, and you can add additional bracing to it to cut down vibration. So I think you got to isolate as to whether or not this is just wind speed because of the blower, or is it vibration and expansion and contraction because the ducts are just sort of old and loose and, and, like you say, potentially undersized. So you do need to look into it a little bit deeper. But rest assured that there are a couple of things that you could do to probably quiet it. Although, having said that, the high-efficiency systems are louder sometimes than the old ones because the old ones only had a really a, kind of a lazy burner that lit up and then the blower that just sort of chugged along. High-efficiency systems have uh, draft inducers, which are motors that come on and pull the gases through the system so that you're assured of getting every single BTU out of the gas that you burn. That's what gives you the efficiency, but it does add just a bit to the noise component. Yeah, we we don't know the history on the thing because we just moved in, and we do know the gas bills were pretty horrendous over recent years. That was part of the disclosure and the the sale of the house and all. So we're we're happy to have the high-efficiency system. But um, it, like like you said, maybe it's just it's it's requirement because because of the uh, the high efficiency of it. But uh, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look into a few other things. I'm afraid that it's gonna involve getting an HVAC company in to possibly change out the the squirrel cage blower in and I really it's a new system I, I'd rather not do that that's something that I would not do and frankly that would have been part of the furnace anyway so you wouldn't just replace that if it you know th- those are multi-speed blowers and the the fan seed speed can be adjusted 
but that would not be part of what I would expect. Okay. Well, uh, I, I love y'all's show. Um, I'm just worried that we may have bought a money pit up here in Alaska, oh, but no. we love it. I tell you. Well, Roger, if it, if it turns out that's what you did, you know the number, 888-MONEY-PIT. <laughs> Thanks so much. Love the show. Well, building a deck is probably the single most cost-effective addition that you can make to your home. I mean, if you think about it, decks create very usable spaces for the warmer months, and they add value to your home too. But when you're building a deck, how do you make sure it delivers the best return on investment? First off, you need to decide on how large to make that deck. Consider this, the larger it is, the more materials you need to build it and the more expensive it's going to be. Next, you want to think about levels. Now, multi-levels, they're very attractive and people love to have these multi-level decks but they're much more expensive to build. And they've also got less usable space because if you think about it on a per square foot basis, you kind of need to reserve some areas to be furniture free, like around the step downs and that sort of stuff between the levels. Now, if the deck is mainly for your family meals and outdoor cooking, you're going to get the most bang for your buck by staying put with a single deck level. And while you use pressure-treated lumber for your deck structure, we recommend using Trex Enhance for the deck surfaces. Trex Enhance is available at the Home Depot. It's beautiful, durable, and affordable. Trex Enhance is one of our newest sponsors, and I've got to say there really is no comparison to the value you get from Trex Enhance at the Home Depot. First of all, it's a high-performance product that looks great, plus it needs extremely little maintenance. Unlike a wood deck, you don't have to stain it year after year. Just a quick cleaning is going to do the trick. And the other thing I think is cool about this, Leslie, is that Trex Enhance is protected by two 25-year limited warranties. Now, they've got one that includes a stain and fade warranty and one that covers it against manufacturing defects. If you'd like to learn more about this product, Trex Enhance from the Home Depot, just go to their website. It's all set up at homedepot.trex.com. That's homedepot.trex.com. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now. Let us help you plan your next outdoor living project. Shannon in North Carolina is on the line and needs help with a bathroom vent switch. What's going on? The problem is I turn the switch on to it. Sometimes it comes on. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I turn the switch on. It briefly takes between two to three minutes. And it'll come on after that. Now, Shannon, is this powering an exhaust fan? Yes, it is. So I think probably the exhaust fan is starting to wear out. It sounds to me like the motor for the fan is perhaps dirty or the bearing is a little worn. And it takes a while for it to kind of get going. And that's a very kind of common symptom of a motor that's run, that's wearing out. Hell, is this an old bath fan? Yeah, it's about 18 years old. Yeah, man, time to replace it. Don't last forever. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, you know, it's very simple. Does this bath fan have a uh, have a light that's built into it as well? Uh, no, sir. All right. Well, when you pull the uh, the cover off the fan, sometimes you'll see that the fan is actually plugged into the side of the housing. And so you could plug like a light into the side of that housing, unplug the fan, and then go to the light switch and turn it on. The, I'm sorry, the bath fan switch, turn it on, off, on, off. You'll probably see the power come on and off like normally as evidenced by the light bulb that you just plugged in for testing purposes. And again, that just means that the power is fine. It's not a problem with the switch. It's the fan. And if you're getting that kind of uh, resistance out of it, I just replaced the fan. They're not very expensive. And the good thing is that even though it's an 18-year-old bathroom exhaust fan, the sizes are pretty standard. So chances are you'll be able to replace that without a lot of trouble. 
Okay, sounds calm and easy. Yep, pretty straightforward. Shannon, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Tracy in New York's on the line with a gutter question. How can we help you with this project? I'm thinking about getting gutters uh, put on my house, but I'm not sure what I need to know um, and what I should ask when I have uh, the, the contractors come over um, to do the quote. All right, so you have no gutters right now? That's correct. Okay, so here's a couple of things to think about. First of all, what you want are seamless gutters. So the way they're made is the contractors come out and the gutter material is actually in a sheet stock and it's on, it's on a roll of roll of metal and they run it through a forming machine that actually creates the shape of the gutter. And this way they can make the gutters the exact length that you need for the different sections of your house. Now, the number of spouts that you put in the gutter is important because you don't have you want to have less than six to eight hundred square feet of roof surface per spout, or the gutters will back up and get overwhelmed. So pay attention to that. Also think about where the downspouts come down. You don't want them dumping water right at the corner of the foundation because that will collect there and it can soak in, it can weaken the foundation, it can flood a basement or crawl space. Just generally a bad idea. So you want the downspout to extend at least three to four feet away from the foundation. If you had a water problem, I'd tell you to take it out further. But um, if you don't have a problem, at least three to four feet out. So if you have, you know, one downspout and you have a if you have one section of gutter and you have a choice as to whether the downspout's on the left and the right, use your head about thinking about that. You know, don't bring it out near a walkway or something like that. Bring it out on the opposite side uh, of the house. Now, the other thing to think about is gutter guards, whether or not you want to put them in or not, because when you get gutters, you're going to get the need to clean those gutters. And there are such a wide variety of gutter guards that are available today. The kind that seem, in my experience, to work the best are those that work on surface tension. So these have have sort of a, uh, a complete cover to them and the leaves will wash over them and the water hangs this cover or maybe goes through some louvered slots and falls into the gutter. So think about that. Check out with the company whether or not they offer a gutter guard option at the time uh, of the installation. And this way you can get it sort of all done at the same time. Uh, and then one other trick of the trade is that before you attach these to the house, do you know if the fascia is wood right now or is it aluminum? What are you going to be attaching it to? So this is the perfect time for you to paint it. This is your one and only golden opportunity to put a couple of good coats of exterior paint on that. Because once that gutter is attached, you're never, ever going to take them off, or at least not for a heck of a long time. So get a couple of good coats of paint on that fascia now before you put the gutter on so that uh, it's protected. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, one of my least favorite things to clean, it's got to be the shower. Now, it's hard to make it shine and, of course, keep all those fixtures bright and shiny, but there's a product out there that can do all of that for you with just one weekly application. Your shower will practically clean itself. We'll share all those details after this. 888 The Money Pit is brought to you by Trex, the world's number one wood alternative decking brand. Just in time to give your outdoor living space a summer upgrade, Trex Enhanced Decking is available in stock at your local Home Depot. 
To learn more about the long-lasting beauty, hassle-free maintenance, and industry-leading warranty of Trex Enhance, visit homedepot.trex.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. All right, so one of my least favorite chores has got to be cleaning the shower. You know, it's kind of awkward. You got to get into the shower to really clean it, and then you have to turn on the water, but somehow find your way out of the way of the water, and then you end up all wet, and you didn't mean it. Is the shower even clean? Well, it's either that or cleaning while you're taking the shower, and who wants to do that? But we've got the solution. One of the sponsors of our program, Wet and Forget, has developed a no-scrub, no-rinse way to get the shower clean again. Here to tell us more is Brett Perry, the president of Wet and Forget. Welcome, Brett. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Leslie. It's great to be here. Now, your core product, let's start by talking about that. Wet and Forget is a product that we've known and we've recommended for years, and it's an effective way to rid your home of mold and mildew and algae that litters the outside of your building, including your siding, your roof, and your walks. Now, you guys have taken the same technology and figured out a way to get rid of that same kind of grunge from our showers, correct? That's right, Tom. The big thing about Wet and Forget is we're all about easy. And with our outside product, Wet and Forget Outdoor, you just spray it on any outside surface and just forget about it and let Mother Nature do the rest. And, of course, the biggest thing we get asked about all the time is, can I use it in my shower? And it's really a product designed for outside. So now we've come out with a product which is specifically designed for your shower. And it really is this, the easiest thing in the world to use. And what about people who might have, you know, a chemical sensitivity? We get a lot of questions from folks who, you know, have sensitivity to bleach but really want to do a thorough job of cleaning. Can they still use the Wet and Forget family of products? Absolutely. Now, you know, some people may be sensitive to all sorts of things. But generally speaking, the, the Wet and Forget shower product is uh, easy to use. It uh, smells great, and uh, we've had a lot of feedback from people who've had uh, issues with other products and with bleach, and they're finding it very uh, safe for them to use. Uh, and really, one of the, the key features of the product is actually this, has this beautiful scent to it, this vanilla scent, which is a little bit different, and uh, leaves your bathroom smelling great. It's not, it's not a strong scent. It's very subtle. But uh, as you know, um, after you've used bleach, quite often you, you, you're sitting around and you've sort of this bleach smell up your nose. So we've got rid of that, and we've made it very simple. Just spray on the, the product once a week, and you're done. Now, how exactly does it work, Brett? Uh, you know, I think the outside product uh, would react with sunlight. Is that correct? And oxygen to kind of go to work on the mold, the mildew, the algae. Um, how does that perform inside? Is it the same sort of uh, chemical mechanism behind it? It's actually a different approach because, as, as you mentioned, the outside product relies on the elements, the wind, sun, rain, to do the, do the hard work for you. So what this product does is actually a blend of two really smart surfactants that work on different things within the shower, mold and mildew stains, um, body oil and grime, and, of course, that uh, ever-present soap scum. So all you do is you spray it on the uh, the uh, walls and door and the, the base of the shower and all your fixtures um, when you finish finish the last shower of the day. Spray it on those those areas and then just leave it until the next day and then just rinse it down before you take the next shower. So, Brett, are there any materials that you can't use it on? I know sometimes you have to be careful with like a natural marble versus a cultured marble. You, you hit it right on the head there, Leslie. The one thing that you do need to be careful of with this product is natural marble. As you probably know, natural marble is a very soft um, natural product and there's not a lot of uh, products you can use on that sort of thing. So you're 
I would avoid using it on natural marble. Cultured marble is fine. Natural stone is fine. Anything else uh, that you're liable to have as uh, in your shower is uh, no problem at all. We're talking to Brett Perry. He's the president of Wet and Forget about a new shower cleaner. That basically, uh, that's the installation instructions right there. You wet it and you forget it. You put it right on the shower and it does this job. Brett, let's talk about um, what if you have a shower or a bathroom that's really in bad shape. I mean, it's very, very grungy. Uh, how soon should we expect to see that soap scum, that mildew, that mold, that algae start to lift? Is it going to take a bit of time uh, if you're starting with an incredibly dirty shower to begin with? Well, yeah, it's, uh, we can't work complete miracles, uh, Tom, but <laughs> in most cases, it's, the product's going to work just applying it a few times and then uh, letting it rinse off naturally with the, with the shower. However, if you've got a really heavy problem with mold, mildew, soap scum, and maybe the shower hasn't been cleaned for months and months, um, in that situation, you can apply the product and then you can maybe uh, just give it a bit of a scrub with maybe one of those uh, magic eraser type uh, scrubbers just to help it along. But once you get it clean, you're going to keep it sparkling clean just by applying the product once a week. Well, as the name implied, Wet and Forget Shower is available at participating Ace and Do It Best retailers. You can also purchase it online at wetandforget.com. It sounds a bit too good to be true, but it really is. It works just as well as the outside product. Brett Perry, thanks so much for filling us in, and congratulations on a great new invention for the Wet and Forget family. Thanks, guys. Great to uh, talk to you. All right, still ahead, we're going to share the scoop on five things that you have in your house that you never realized you could recycle. So stick around. You live in a body pit. Pit is brought to you by Porter Cable Professional Grade Nailers and Staplers. With over 100 years of experience producing quality, performance-driven tools, Porter Cable continues to be a leading manufacturer and marketer of professional-grade pneumatic fastening tools and compressors. Available at the Home Depot and independent retailers. To learn more, visit portercable.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT with your home improvement questions. Now, one of you lucky callers that gets on the air with us is going to get a treat for your shower. It's a handheld Riata Waterpick showerhead. Now, it's got 14 custom spray settings that let you adjust the amount of spray from, say, powerful to eco-friendly. And you can also install it yourself. No need to call the plumber. It's a prize worth $60, and you can check it out at waterpick.com. And give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Carl in South Carolina is dealing with some tricky doors. Tell us what's going on. I put tile floors in my laundry room, and I took the door down, and when I put it back, uh, it, it won't stay open. It'll, it'll swing back to close, and the one in my bedroom does the same thing. I have to prop them open with something. So they used to stay open before, and, and now they just want to stay closed all the time? Right. Uh-huh. So there's two ways to fix that, Carl. One way is to uh, rip out the door and rehang it, properly shim it, because it's, it's, it's out of level somehow. And uh, that's a you know, pretty big job. And the other way to do it is to pull the hinge pins out, put them on a hard concrete surface, uh-huh. and give them a sharp wrap so you bend them slightly. Okay. 
Okay. Then tap them back into the hinges, mm-hmm. and you will have added some friction to that connection. Right. Do you follow me? Yes. Put a slight bend on the hinge pin, uh, a little trick of the trade. That will give you a little more tension on that door. Just, you know, take one out and give it a wrap so it has a little bit of a slight bend to it. You might not even see it, but just a slight bend. Tap it back in, try the door, you know, see how it works. If it, if it kind of stays where you want, that's fine. If not, maybe do the, do the top one, then do the bottom one. Give that another wrap. You're going to keep adding a little pressure to it by doing that until you get it just right. Okay? All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. So as we slip into the spring season and get ready to celebrate Earth Day in just a few weeks, we thought we'd highlight a few items that you might be very surprised to learn that you can recycle. First up, eyeglasses. Now, many eye doctors or vision care centers will accept old glasses that they can then refurbish and pass on to those who need them but can't afford them. Now, you can also turn in those pesky packing peanuts at most mailing service centers where they can be sent on another shipping journey instead of just taking up room in a landfill. Now, CFL bulbs are always better off recycled than trash because they can release toxins when they're broken. And batteries also release toxins. So if you want to know how to get rid of them, you can visit earth911.com. They actually publish battery collection places in your area. Another item you might not think you could recycle, printer ink cartridges. These are often accepted for recycling in office supply stores, and bringing them in can also sometimes earn you credits. So think about it. There's a lot out there besides the bottles and cans that you can recycle, and every time you do, there's a lot less stuff that ends up in our landfills. Buck in Texas, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I was trying to ask a question about a built-up roof. Uh, about uh, 4,000 square foot. I was thinking about taking and putting a, uh, a coating on top of it. No insulation in the attic. And I was wanting to know if it really would actually defer the uh, heat uh, in the lower floor by putting a brilliant white roof coating on top. Well, those types of roof paints do have uh, UV reflectors in there, and they're designed to make the roof cooler. And certainly it will be a heck of a lot cooler than the black roof that you're starting with. So I think that that's probably a good idea in your situation, especially being in such a warm part of the country, Buck. Any uh, particular product? brand that you can suggest going on top of tar? No, but make sure it's a roof paint. I mean, typically you use a fibrous aluminum paint for something like that. What you really want to look for is the UV reflectivity of it, because the more UV it reflects, uh, the better the job it's going to do. And by the way, it will also extend the roof life as well, because the cooler the roof is, uh, that means less of the oil is going to evaporate out of the asphalt, and it'll last a lot longer. Okay. Laura's up next with a lot of erosion going on at her money pit. Tell us what's going on. Our yard slopes downward um, from the front to the back, probably close to, well, it's a pretty good angle. I don't necessarily know if it's 45 degrees. But when we have a hard rain, the rain comes off of the, the roadway and just like a river flows down the back to the back corner of the house. Okay. And, I mean, we're seeing trees, like the roots, I mean, real bad erosion. And I was wondering, what's the best type of, uh, I guess, I don't know, like a retaining type wall, or is it is a, a flower bed, you know, like a large flower bed, something to stop the flow, or just like a natural, like if we put bushes down, what's the best, would you suggest, to stay out that erosion to, to stop? Well, the best thing to do is to interrupt that flow by catching the runoff and running it around the house. And an easy way to do that is with something called a curtain drain. 
Now, a curtain drain is dug into that sloped area at some point, and I can't tell you where. It depends on how the soil is sloped and, and shaped. It makes the most sense. But basically, think of it this way. It's a trench that you would dig in front of the house where all the water is collecting, uh-huh. and that trench... Uh, in it, you would lay a perforated pipe, and the idea is that the trench has about four inches of stone, then it's got a pipe, stone continues to move up around the pipe, and then a little more stone on top, and you put a piece of filter cloth, and then you landscape over it or, or put dirt and grass over it, so you don't see it when it's done. But conceptually, the water shoots down the hill, falls into that invisible trench now, fills up the pipe, and then runs out the other end of the pipe, the low end of the pipe, somewhere to daylight. So to do this, you need to be able to get the pipe in place and then have the end of it uh, run out somewhere where you want to dump that water. Does that sound like it's possible with your yard the way it's configured? Yeah, no, that's very doable. I didn't know they make stuff like that, so no, that's very doable. Well, it's kind of like, it's you know, it's, it's not like you can go to the curtain drain aisle at uh, the local home center. You have to kind of build it yourself. But it's a very common technique called a curtain drain or a footer drain. Uh, so take a look at that, and you can find instructions on MoneyPit.com. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Are you sick of the great indoors? Well, you are not alone. That's why the latest trend in architecture is outdoor living. We're going to have tips just ahead. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Trex, the world's number one wood alternative decking brand. Just in time to give your outdoor living space a summer upgrade, Trex Enhanced Decking is available in stock at your local Home Depot. To learn more about the long-lasting beauty, hassle-free maintenance, and industry-leading warranty of Trex Enhance, visit homedepot.trex.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And if you're being bugged by bugs this spring, you can get all your spring pest control questions answered at moneypit.com because everything we've ever written about pest control is available free and at your fingertips online when you search pests at moneypit.com. And while you're online, you can head on over to the community section of Money Pit and post a question there, just like Bob from North Carolina did. And he writes, there are smoke marks above one of my electrical outlets in the kitchen. Do I need to call an electrician? I don't use the outlet. There's an old saying, Bob, where there's smoke, there's fire. And you know what? When you're seeing that in your wiring, it could be that even though you don't use the outlet, there is electricity, of course, running through it. And it could be building up some resistance to that electrical transfer, which leads to heat, which leads to a fire. So certainly, if you've got smoke marks above that, you should have it checked out. Now, it could be that many, many years ago, somebody plugged something in there that sparked and you got a uh, you know, just a one-shot kind of thing where you just got a little bit of carbon deposit on the wall, but I would not take a chance. I would uh, definitely have an electrician take that outlet apart, check it. If there's any doubt, replace it. The part's very inexpensive, and this way you can move on safely and securely. All right, next up we've got Blake from Colorado who writes, I found a nest of baby squirrels living just inside my aluminum siding. How lucky for you. I can hear them when I'm inside the house. Do you have any advice on getting rid of them? I don't want to hurt them. 
Well, I think that they'll probably leave on their own because there's going to be no food inside that nest they are right now. The key is that when they do leave, what you're going to want to do is find the gaps in that siding and fill it up. I suspect that if you look under the lip of the siding, you'll find some loose areas. Now, you can reattach the siding there, or if you have a bigger gap, you can insert steel wool into that space. And that will kind of fill it out, and it's very hard for the squirrels to kind of push back through that kind of thing. I wouldn't, you know, do that until you're sure they're gone, but I can, I, I'm very positive, though, that they're not going to be there uh, for long. Once they can get out of that nest, they will get out of that nest and they'll move to the trees because there's just better hunting out there. Mm-hmm. And there's no way for them to get into the house through anything on that backside, insulation, sheathing, anything like that? Generally not, because aluminum siding is almost always put on a house after there's an original siding, so it's always the second layer. Mm-hmm. And so they would have to be pretty industrious to get through both. Or have an amazing set of tools. Or teeth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems Americans are being drawn more and more to the great outdoors in their own backyards. Leslie has a report on this trend in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. A new survey by the American Society of Landscaped Architects indicates that Americans want more outdoor rooms and outdoor recreation areas. Now, topping the list of desires were outdoor fire pits and fireplaces. Outdoor dining and kitchen areas did come in a close second, with recreation areas like pools, tennis courts, and spas following. I want to know where those people live, because they must have gigantic yards. Now, while some of these things might seem like you're trying to keep up with the Kardashians, the majority are very affordable. You can install a fire pit yourself. A nice garden area can provide fresh vegetables and fruit. If you add a grill, some comfortable seating, and a few strategically placed lights, you're going to really have a great outdoor space that's all your own. And trust me, if you create an outdoor space with just some great furnishing and some good outdoor lighting, you'll have a space that you can use pretty much almost all year long, depending on the weather. And you'll feel so proud to call it your own, and you'll really start enjoying it. So get out there and do that today. Good advice. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, coming up on the next edition of the Money Pit, do you love old furniture? I know that I do, but the problem is that the finishes can really wear. I mean, they can get dull, they can streak, they can fade. And when that happens, you're not so excited about having that old piece in your house. Well, the good news is there's a fix. You can restore those finishes and make them almost as good as new and get use of that furniture once again. And we're going to tell you how to do that on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit.